I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Dire Prime studio. I'm in my hot tub. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 24, Baylor. That was... That was fun to watch. It was... You know, it's the second overtime game... You'd like to win one overtime game. And maybe West Virginia will play another overtime game and win. But they lose the 5 p.m. game to Baylor at home. Seven losses, four of them at home. Florida game. Four home losses. Two overtime. One last second three. And the Florida game. I mean. It's. But so many tough shots made today. In an amazing game. And Huggins was talking about missing free throws. West Virginia got to the line a bunch, so that continued. They only missed four. Yes, the roughest one was Deuce going one for two at the end of regulation. But that's, you know... You know what was interesting comparing this Baylor game to the last Baylor game besides obviously pandemic? 
is how many just just weird weird things that West Virginia did today that they, they proved listen it's a weird resume thing to say you gave Gonzaga their toughest game and took Baylor a top two or three team they're going to be a one seed you take them to overtime so I don't know if we should feel good about that I, I hold my hat on that it means that we can play West Virginia can play with anybody and that's all that matters in a one game sample size and that can go the other way why am I feeling more comfortable that the NCAA tournament is not in Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> They've had their their record. They're better on the road than they are at home. And there's only two games left in the regular season. But anyways, the weird stuff today. It seemed like there was some hot potato passing hey, I don't want to have the ball. Some of that resulted in turnovers. Some of that is a credit to Baylor's defense. Um, just just weird stuff. You know, you, you have to burn a timeout because nobody... <laughs> nobody's near. Uh, Deuce... Deuce doesn't have anybody to throw it into. <laughs> what? Is, I don't know. That's a mental thing, right? Uh, Taz running the baseline when he wasn't allowed to move. Just, just odd things. Just out of the ordinary things. Derek Culver not making a field goal listen Baylor lost one game coming out of a pandemic pause they had their worst shooting game they gave up a ton of rebounds and we all knew that wasn't going to happen again and it didn't Baylor shot over 50% Baylor made double digit threes in the game Baylor turned West Virginia over. That's the second worst turnover performance by West Virginia this season. And yet, West Virginia is up seven in the second half. So all that... It was there, though. It really was. And it seemed like West Virginia felt good about it and then... And then Baylor, and and they have stars, right? Butler, star. Mitchell, Mitchell, way improved from from last season. And those aren't even the guys that that kill you. 
truthfully, they did their thing. But the... <laughs> The 6'9 guy with the bad haircut comes in and gets 10 in a row. I mean, it, he scores 10 points in a row for Baylor. And that he that 10-point burst where West Virginia couldn't get a stop, that gets the game to overtime, in my opinion. And he's he's a bench guy, and yet think of all the shots that West Virginia made, and and the things that they did right. All that said about the weird stuff that they did and the missed free throw. How many shots did West Virginia make hand in face? Like not because Baylor was playing bad defense. West Virginia just made crazy shots. I mean, Bridges was one of the hot potato guys, but he made a late shot with the shot clock winding down, swished it. He was in double digits. Taz Sherman led WVU in scoring. Deuce had eight assists. Shot Robot had his had his streak in the second half where that's just kind of becoming a thing now where he can get you three or four straight buckets. Derek Culver, he didn't make a field goal, but he was money from the free throw line. I mean... There's a lot of positive to take from a a loss that you had that you had in the win column. Mm. I mean, it's uh it makes a man want to soak in a tub. Credit to Baylor, they win the Big 12 conference. Uh one could argue that that West Virginia would have rather played Baylor At Baylor Thursday in the what could have been their still rusty game even at home. And for West Virginia, selfishly, on the road. Because they have, they have a better record on the road than they do at home. Which is bizarre. It's just a weird season, right? What does home and away really... What does home and away records really mean... In a pandemic season. I have no idea. What you take from that game. Is that. We are. In March now. And West Virginia. Has only been. Handily defeated. Once. And they've played now. 24 games. So that puts you in a high echelon category. This team, and I'm not trying to jinx anything, this team has not had a losing streak. And we're and it's March 2nd. And West Virginia has not lost two in a row. And not even the Final Four team can say that. 
I may edit <laughs> I may edit this out for fear that I am uh, jinxing the team. And by the way, people who texted me when West Virginia was up seven, your text had nothing to do with West Virginia losing this game. <laughs> I'm saying it on the podcast. I texted those people. <laughs> After the game, I obviously didn't respond to the text. You know, you can't do that. Because then I would be I would be liable if that if that was a thing. If text had any bearing on the outcome of a game that both sides of the text are not at, and even if we were there and we're texting right beside each other, that wouldn't have anything to do with what's going on with the basketball game, right? This is helping. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Don't really usually get into the stock market, but have you take have you took a look at embroidery stocks? I mean, they're just going through the roof. I know what you're asking like hey Josh how do I invest in embroidery how can I cash in on this embroidery bull market call the folks at Dyer Prime they're big on embroidery they can help you with the design embroider it on a mask on a t-shirt on a sweatshirt on a hat get in I think I think the sky's the limit for embroidery and you can invest in embroidery by contacting Dyer Prime Creative Group, 304-767-4445. Find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. This was a standing game. <laughs> I, and this is only based on what I saw on Twitter. The West Virginia fan base, fan base, very pro 5 p.m. game. I had to play catch up, so I did not start watching the game at 5, but got caught up and was caught up by halftime and watched the second half live. If you had to choose, I guess it doesn't matter when only 20% capacity can be in the Coliseum. It doesn't matter what time. Like in my head, yeah, I hate a 9 p.m. weekday game. But I think that's not, that's probably, I think the guys would prefer 9 p.m. on a weekday at home. Definitely not on the road. What, <laughs> what the time had to do with anything that happened on the floor, I, I, probably very little but from a fan perspective the 5 p.m. game what's funny is that the 5 p.m. game people were (laughs) it was making the day go longer even for a 5 p.m. tip Mark Vidal if he played for West Virginia might be my favorite player he 
he might surpass Cam Thurman as my favorite favorite basketball player of all time. If he played at WVU. But playing against that guy, nightmare. I mean, he, like, looking for edges. <laughs> and physically, he doesn't have a lot of edges. He's a super strong dude. That's his edge, right? And I think he has, he's very smart about basketball. That's an edge. But the edges he creates and that you're watching happen during the game, like, my man, Mark Vidal, as strong as he is, and he's super strong, like the rare barrel-chested basketball player, right? But that man goes down on a, with a slight breeze. <laughs> How can both be true? How can you be what seems to be the strongest dude on the team and also be able to be knocked down if somebody breathes out of their mouth and it hits them it didn't it did not benefit him today did it keep him from hitting the floor and he has the floor diving for balls and stuff like he's aggressive and those are the things that I like watching a basketball player but he also call it a flop call it whatever he's <laughs> He's hitting the floor uh, very frequently. The other thing I noticed with Mark Vidal, and and I'm he, I'm sure he's not he didn't invent this. He's not the only one that does it. But I noticed in one of the drives, uh, Baylor guy was driving down the left side, and you can see Vidal in the lane. And I think it was he was holding Gabe or Culver. I don't remember exactly, but he's he's doing like the back, like pushing the guy back, like boxing him out, but not boxing him out from, from getting a rebound, boxing him out from approaching the guy that's driving the ball. And that's a standard play, right? Right? That's, that's not a new thing. What is where Vital tries to get an edge is he... He kind of paper clips Gabe or Derek with his arm. And he's holding him. He <laughs> it seems like a definite, definite illegal move. And he's arm paper clipping one of our guys in addition to the blockout. Like definitely ensuring that, that the guy on defense is not getting to the driving guy with the basketball and that's that's dirty and yet he can get away with it because he knows a ref is not looking at his back why would you be looking for a foul when you're <laughs> it looks like a move that somebody would do if they were pickpocketing a person like like a like a petty theft move He's doing that on the basketball court. And I despise it because he's on the the other team. But I would relish it if he played 
for WVU. So prompt, I guess, the Mark Vital. It it's unnerving how many things I noticed in this game today that he <laughs> that he is either being very intelligent about or very dirty. Dirty in that like not following the rules. Like the equivalent of football players acting like they're injured just so somebody will stop the clock and essentially give time for the defense to recover. You've seen that move. That's pretty straightforward. I I think they're working on trying to clean that up. But people do that with regularity in football. And Mark Vidal paperclipping a dude (laughs) seems to be in that same stratosphere. And I don't like it. Because he's he doesn't play for WVU. Did anybody else get super excited during the game when Baylor they acted like at the end of regulation Baylor didn't have any timeouts and then Deuce throws it in bounds, Baylor catches it, and then all five guys call a timeout and you're standing there like again I was standing, I was not sitting like Oh, it's like it's like five guys did the Chris Webber thing and called timeout when you didn't have one. And of course the ESPN guys they don't know how many timeouts there are. Why? Because they're not in Morgantown and they have to and they apologize and I I understand that it's difficult. But <laughs> in a game that close I was I was more than happy to jump on the they called a timeout that they didn't have and that was the biggest letdown of the game <laughs> for me not West Virginia losing but Baylor having a timeout I didn't think they had final thoughts coming up Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. West Virginia must regroup. They don't have to travel anywhere. They play Thursday in the Coliseum against a team they haven't seen in a week. (laughs) TCU comes to town. They got smoked today by Texas Tech. I don't know if they... I don't think they broke 50... West Virginia, by my recollection, it's been a while, but West Virginia was able to handle TCU on that stupid court design. So quick turnaround for TCU. They come to Morgantown again. I hope I don't have to edit this out 
and I will. I'll edit this out if West Virginia loses to TCU. I'm just telling you straight up, that's what I'm going to do. But West Virginia has not lost two in a row, so West Virginia has seven losses on the season now. In their previous six losses, the next game they won. I think the TCU game is on the ESPN Plus, and I don't know what time it starts because I'm in a hot tub. And I'm not bragging. When I tell you I'm in a hot tub, I'm just letting you know I'm not in the Dyer Prime studio, right? It's an inflatable hot tub. There is a bubble feature, but it's the middle of the night, so I'm not going to turn the bubble feature on. Again, I'm not bragging. (sighs) That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast or if there's a follow button, hit that. That helps you get the next episode. If If you want that, it helps me and the podcast if you hit that subscribe button. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-21 season, 17 wins, 7 losses.